Listener Production. Uh, 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 um. Take it away, my dulcet toned Adonis. Hello, Gistners. Welcome back for another episode of Just the Gist, a weekly ish podcast in which Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think you'll find interesting enough to discuss at a dinner party. And when you're hearing this, we will just have touched down back in Australia after our fantastic adventure yeah. over in South Africa. South Africa. And we'll either be saying a um, heartfelt thanks to G-Adventures and South Africa tourism if it went well, or we got eaten <laughs> by a lion and... That's the end. But I'm sure it went amazing. (laughs) We'll record both options. (laughs) If you're hearing this, we're live. We made it back and we had a fabulous time, all thanks to G Adventures. Um, But, yes, I felt like it was an appropriate time to tell this story, given Mm -hmm. that we're about to head off to deepest, darkest Africa. Mm. Um, But I've got to say, this week, the story I'm serving, it is one of those ones that just made me roll my eyes back to the recesses of my skull and sigh to myself, fucking white people. It's one of them. It's one of them. It's the story of how a rich, naive Hollywood couple spent over a decade making a movie that starred them and their kids and 150 lions and tigers and leopards Mm. and panthers and jaguars, basically every big wild feline there is. Mm -hmm. They called the movie a ferocious comedy It was meant to be a film with a heart, Mm. a film with an important message, Mm. but everyone else on the planet calls it the most dangerous film of all time because the production nearly killed half the cast (laughs) and crew (laughs) over the course of filming. This is just the gist of what you need to know about the 1981 box office disaster that was Roar. Oh, so it didn't even do well in the end. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. It's got shades of room, like, you know, Mm -hmm. with what's-his-face. yeah. Um, Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau, like, making it, thinking you can make a movie yourself, very Mm -hmm. bowfinger, very, like, but this has got dangerous wild animals in it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) it's raw. Uh, Sorry, it's the room, but with steaks. But with steaks. Yeah. Oh, do you mean? Lives were at stake. Do you mean high steak? Oh, I thought you meant steaks as in like animal steaks. (laughs) Well, those two. Animal steaks or high steak? Both. Either. Mm, Indeed. Mm. Yeah. Uh, So let's get into it. The whole debacle started with a safari in South Africa. Oh. In the late 1960s. And on this trip, this married couple from Hollywood were taken to Mm -hmm. see an abandoned house by a river that had been taken over by this huge pride of lions who'd just turned it into their home because they could. Oh, like just an abandoned, like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, cool. This house had been left behind during a flood and it had been damaged, so no one moved back in and the lions took over. Cool. Now, the lady in this couple was Tippi Hedren. Mm-hmm. She is most famous for starring in a couple of Alfred Hitchcock's movies, including The Birds. The Birds! Have you seen it? Yes. You have? I don't think I have seen it, but it's referenced in pop culture all yeah. the time and <laughs> clearly the inspiration for the Crows Have Eyes yes. franchise starring <laughs> television's Moira Rose. Yes. Um, and then Tippy's husband was also her former manager slash agent, mm-hmm. a guy called Noel Marshall. And they were stunned by this incredible spectacle of all these lions, dozens of them, lounging around the house, dangling out the windows, climbing around on mm. balconies, playing with each other, relaxing, lying on the roof. As a visual, it's really cool. Like. Yeah. 
Because to go on safari and to see them in the wild is amazing, mm. but there's something weird to your brain about them being in an, in an old house. Yeah. It's they think like, they're people. Yeah. yeah. It's like how people, like my younger sister Taylor, has turned into a crazy cat lady and is literally turning her apartment into a cat apartment. Oh. Like with all things, like, every, like, but how weird. It's like they're playing, it's like lions are playing house. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, tragically, though, someone explained to them that the reason the cats had moved into that house mm. was to hide from poachers and trophy hunters. Because oh, no. in the 1960s, that really was, was the bad. peak of these animals being hunted down for their pelts. Um, so they'd been hunted out of their original territory, essentially, mm. and they were in this house because it was kind of a safe shelter for them mm-hmm. where the humans were sort of doing what they could to intervene and protect them. Mm. And Tippy and Noel were like... There's a movie here. Yeah. Even just that visual, that yeah. vignette, there is a movie yeah, here. Yeah, the We've content creator in me goes, you got to do something yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they started with this concept of lions living in a house, thinking they're people. Then imagine what it would be like if humans lived in the house with Ooh. the lions as part of the pride. That's, so they- that's how... The lady fell in love with the dolphin. Do you remember that? Yeah. They she li- They were like, what would it be like to live in a house with a dolphin? Mm-hmm. To coexist, oh, yeah. My goodness. We're not going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll reassure you now. Okay, okay. We're not going to go down that path. Um, yeah, their goal was make this movie that would humanise yeah. lions, show them as peaceful, loving creatures, not monsters like they were often portrayed mm-hmm. in media, um, and sort of demonstrate that humans and animals can coexist in harmony. That seems to me like... Um, not an entirely well thought out mm. thesis because they are ferocious animals and you can't peacefully mm. coexist with a ferocious wild animal. So I, I feel like maybe I have an inkling of where this is headed because mm. mm. they're starting off on the wrong foot already. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they're, they're privileged white people so they yes. truly believe everything's going to work out the way they want it to and they're going to end poaching and save all endangered species in Africa with this movie. Like when Kendall Jenner ended um, all the problems in the Black Lives Matter movement by giving a Pepsi Pepsi. to a policeman at a um, rally. Yeah, she got us all to join the conversation. Yeah. um, Yeah. And then we really hurt each other Mm. for the first time. Oh, we're the worst. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. White people. Um, so Noel got to work writing a script for the film. Mm-hmm. Did he have any experience writing scripts? No. None. None. None, None whatsoever. It's easy. Yeah. How hard could it be? Is he writing fiction or like a document? Like is fiction. it fic- oh, fiction? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's going to be like, honey, I'm home, but it's a lion and mm-hmm. a person. <laughs> Look what the cat dragged in. Oh, I thought they were going to put together some kind of documentary. No. Look what the cat dragged in. <laughs> okay, wow. Yeah, so he banged out this script about an American family living in a riverside house uh-huh. in Africa with about 30 Tame lions sure. who were their children slash siblings, yep. all one big happy family. We'll just tame them. Yeah. We'll tame them. <laughs> well, they started off approaching experienced professional lion trainers yeah. and asking them, can we please borrow your lions for this shoot uh-huh. we're planning? And the trainers all said the same thing. You cannot put dozens of adult lions in a small space like a house mm. together. They mm. will tear each other and you 
to ribbons mm-hmm. and no, I will not lend you my lion for this impending disaster. So wait, so my question now is, are they filming, do they want to film in that actual house no. or have they taken this idea back to Hollywood? They've taken it back to Hollywood, oh, I yeah. thought they wanted to film in the house with those lions. Just move in there. Yeah, and no. I was like, how do you think you're going to tame them in a day? No, 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 no. I understand. They weren't that naive. So they've gone back to Hollywood and yeah. they're like, let's recreate yeah. the lion house. Yes, and step one of that was going to be getting their hands on these lions. okay. But none of the lions that had been raised in captivity in Hollywood were available Mm -hmm. to them. So they didn't know what they were going to do until one of those trainers suggested the only way you might be able to pull this off is if you raise the lions yourself from birth so you're all (laughs) part of the same pride. That possibly could work. And they went, okay. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> the theory was if you make sure that the lions know you and know each other from birth and make sure they feel really comfortable living with humans in a human environment, you might have a shot. And does this then turn into like a 20-year project? Like because 11. Of, yeah. 11, yeah, because mm-hmm. you got to, that takes time. Sure does. To grow baby lions to big lions. Mm-hmm. And also it doesn't guarantee they won't eat you because they're wild animals and like in your episode, or was it mine or yours? See, I can't even remember who the told The chimpanzee what. one. The that chimp who yeah. ripped off the woman's face. Mm-hmm. They thought that chimp was fine. Yep. They just have this arrogance thinking if I'm really nice to the animal, the animal will be really nice to mm, me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they weren't thinking about any of the potential drawbacks at this time. All Tippy and Noel heard was, the man told us, you we got to go it. get some baby lions. My God, are they deranged? Yes, Like they're Okay. So. Yes. so they're a bit... She is a movie star and he's an agent, but they're deranged, yeah. clearly. I mean, she'd been tortured by Alfred Hitchcock. Yes, I have heard this. Yeah, I've heard this. On set of Marnie and also on The Birds. Yeah. And then she's ended up with this Noel guy who, honestly, I think he might have toxoplasmosis. If what? not before this process, definitely during it. What is that? That is the bacteria that you can get from cat feces. Oh, and it makes you It sort of takes over your brain. Yes. It absolutely kills off your um, aversion to risk. So it makes you super-duper reckless. And when you watch this movie, which I am going to describe to you in a bit, because it does eventually get made and released, um, you can see that he just has zero fear. Wowzers, okay. Zero sense of self-preservation. Not just self-preservation, preservation for others. But, you know, that could also just be the classic male I can do the Adele interview vibes. Absolutely, yes. Or toxic plasmosis. Yeah. Noel might actually be the most extreme version of I Can Do the Adele interview yeah. that I've ever covered. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this was 1970 when uh-huh. they first started collecting baby lion cubs and started raising them as part of their blended family in their plush Beverly Hills adjacent home. Just in the house, like with cats. With the kids, yes. With the kids. Yep. Oh, and that famous kids. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, the boys, not so much. But the- but Tippy Hedren's daughter, I Melanie Griffith. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to like, if you were like going to do a big reveal, mm. but yeah, yeah. Melanie in Griffith. In 1970, Melanie Griffith was 13 years old yes. and living with lions. Living with lions. Which up surprisingly quickly. Yeah. Yes. Um, so they were getting these little lion bebés as rescues from zoos and circuses that couldn't afford to look after them. Mm. Um, and also it was a real trend in the late 60s, early 70s in California to get 
pet baby <gasps> cats. Um, very Tiger Kingy, dodgy yeah. situation. Yeah, they weren't expensive, and you could just get them shipped over to you. But you'd learn pretty quickly that they will tear your home furnishings yes. to shreds. So a lot of people wanted to get rid of their pet cats yeah. as soon as they'd got them. So Tippy and Noel made it known that they were willing to take them all in. <gasps> In 1971, Life magazine did a feature on Tippy and Noel and their kids and how gorgeous it was that they were sharing their home with these big cats, including a 200-kilogram male lion, Neil, the first one yeah. they'd adopted. I was about to ask, how how big are the lions now? Huge. Like, how big are the cats now? Yeah. Like, big. Oh, yeah. Grown. Like, twice the size of Tippy, <gasps> even more than double the size of <laughs> Melanie, but sleeping in Melanie's bed. <gasps> yeah. But there are these stunning photos of them all swimming in the pool together and I've seen the cuddling photos. as groups. Yeah, and, and it is the photos give off the exact thing that excited them about that visual back in South yes, Africa. Precisely, just how it is like bizarre and almost dreamlike to see lions in a human context, mm. and those photos that are, yeah. And it nuts. seems idyllic. Yeah. Like, wow, if this is possible, then I How want cool. to be a part of it. Mm. Not quite so idyllic if you were one of the neighbours mm. living nearby, though, because you'd have to put up with the sounds of the roars and the snarls and the fights that would go on. Um, and also the lions could and would escape and go exploring around the neighbourhood. Well, of course they would. Yeah. So they called the cops and the authorities then had no choice but to step in and insist that Tippy and Noel move their pride of lions to a more appropriate location yeah. than the suburbs of Los Angeles. So they bought... Well, yeah, I was going to ask, because I can't imagine that just two insufferable Hollywood movie people have thought much about, like, proper cages and fencing mm. and oh, no. all that kind of thing. Uh-uh. And, like, even what are they feeding them? And, yeah. all like, they've just... They're just... They weren't even careful enough to make sure that they were keeping the doors closed. Yeah, what? Like, what? Mm. What? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're deranged. (sighs) So they bought a rural property just outside of LA where the land was affordable because it was in an area that is prone to wildfires and flash floods. And yes, that is some foreshadowing that I'm popping in right there. (laughs) Good. Excellent. They turned this land into a ranch for the lions to mm-hmm. live on that was then also going to be the set for the movie when they were ready to start filming mm-hmm. and they kept collecting lion cubs. I forgot the movie's even happening. Like, mm. it's so... This is such a bizarre story that while they're doing this, it is all still with this aim of making Creating this film that's going to end poaching and save these endangered species. I yes. can't with this. This is... This is Truman Show-esque. Mm. You know where in the Truman Show, the production company buys a baby to mm. raise it so they can have a show? Mm. That's what they're doing, but with lions. With lions, yeah. And um, pretty soon they had more than 50 of them. <gasps> and while they were waiting for all the baby lions to grow up, they worked on transforming the environment on the ranch to make it look like Africa. They cleared out Mm. all the native vegetation Mm -hmm. and planted trees and bushes they'd imported from Tanzania, Mm -hmm. which was all very, very pricey. And Mm. Noel was really struggling to find financial backers for this project. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people had faith in his vision. So he and Tippy were selling everything they owned, their properties, their jewellery, her fur coats, um, just pawning the lot of it. They're running out of money. Like... 
they are, this is kind of cult-like. Mm-hmm. They're in a weird folly-a-do, like... Yes. Yeah. Don't you They've think? They've got this joint madness. Yeah. That, yeah, makes them see this This is not a great idea. Yeah. But they were determined to see it through. I think there's definitely some sunk cost fallacy sunk cost in fallacy, there yeah. as well. Um, and every now and then I just kept thinking, it's got to be that bacteria from the cats. Yeah. It's invaded their brain. This is why you need, in a relationship, one of you needs to be the kind of person who goes, hit the brakes. Mm. This is, we got to get out of this. Yeah. You dreamer can't, and the realist. Yes, you can't both be the dreamer. Mm. And it's no fun if you're both realists. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. These two, yeah. They're going to make the dream happen. <laughs> and they're going to fund this production and they're going to find a way to cover the cost mm. of the food for all these eating machines that they're... Adopted. Yeah, what do they eat? Are they feeding them just meat? Like, I don't... What do they yes, eat? Yes, yes. And this was something that they did really pride themselves on. Yeah. You know how in Tiger King he just takes the leftover expired meats from supermarkets and feeds it to the animals? Yeah, but I do remember vaguely from that that he was spending like five or $600 a day even mm. on the shitty stuff he was feeding them yeah. because they need so much. Yeah. This time it was, I think, when they had about 50 lions, it was $4,000. Yeah. Per week, yeah, they were spending, and that's in nineteen seventies. Yeah, seventies money. Yeah, so it's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're going so broke that they're selling their clothes Mm -hmm. and trinkets, but they're spending four thousand dollars a week on lion food. Yeah, they think it's going to pay off. They think they're going to make this blockbuster that's just going to be huge because there was a movie called Born Free that was released Mm. shortly before all of this started, which is about Mm -hmm. lions. Massive success, won Oscars. It was a huge hit. They thought theirs was going to be 10 times bigger than Born Free. And Melanie Griffiths is just growing up in this. Mm -hmm. You know, I read an interview with Dakota Johnson, her daughter, the actress, Mm. who said just sort of as a throwaway thing, oh, I don't think people really realise how crazy my mum's childhood was. And Mm. it's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't even scratched the surface yet. I didn't really. Yeah, this is nuts. Yeah. Um, so they kept adopting more and more big cats anytime they got the chance and chance came along frequently. They started taking in tigers, then cougars, leopards, jaguars, cheetahs, panthers, oh. and they changed the quote-unquote plot of the movie so yeah. it would make quote-unquote narrative sense that cats from different continents were all living together in this one big pride. Right. And then they changed the title of the movie from Lions, Lions and More Lions. <laughs> People who came up with that title were in charge of writing a film. Oh, gosh. And also constructing a ranch to house all these cats. Um, Yeah, they changed it from lions, lions and more lions to raw, so it could be inclusive of all these cats. Have they started filming Not yet. yet. Why not? Because it's taking them so long to get the set ready and to get all the cats and get everything prepared. Is 50 not enough? No, it's not. (laughs) Because their vision was to get at least 130 and it took five years. Oh, they've lost their minds. Yeah, no kidding. Yes. They are, okay. Mm -hmm. They're crazy people. Yeah, crazy white people. Yeah. With a savior complex. Oh, my goodness. Five years. Five years. They had 130 plus big cats. They also had. 
a whole bunch of exotic birds that imported. Oh. And two elephants, full-grown <laughs> bull elephants. What? Yes, in Los Angeles at or just ranch. outside at the ranch, yes. Wait, like just from a circus or something? Like, yeah. <gasps> yeah. All rescues, they claim. Two, yep. uh, uh, okay. Traumatised animals yeah. as well. Mentally unstable elephants, yeah. Um, they also finally had the set ready. That took quite a uh-huh. bit of time and... They could finally commence filming. They just needed a crew and some actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, this was 1975 mm. and the plot of the movie that they were out selling to try to recruit the crew mm. and get actors on board had evolved into this. So there's this white middle-aged scientist from Chicago called Hank. Mm-hmm. And Hank's been sharing this house in Africa with 130-ish big cats from all around the world for the last three years as part of an experiment that he believes will prove to the world humans and cats can form a multi-species uh-huh. tribe slash pride. Yeah. They live together with no fences, no cages. The animals can just live naturally mm-hmm. in the wild, but also with him in the house. Mm-hmm. And Hank left his wife and three kids back home in Chicago to come conduct this experiment. And he reckons it's proven to be a raging success. So he's invited his family to come and stay with him and his menagerie, but he wants to surprise them so he hasn't warned them about what to expect Mm. when they get there and these 130 big cats. Uh, On the day the family's due to arrive from Chicago, Hank heads off to pick them up at the airport. He doesn't realise they've arrived 12 hours early because mm. they got their AM and their PM mixed Whoopsie. up. So Hank's wife and kids arrive at the house while he's at the airport. They have no idea what's waiting for them there. Yeah. The mum and kids bump into the house with all their luggage. There's no sign of Hank, just... <gasps> Lions, lions, and more lions. Everywhere they look. 130-plus big cats who are very excited to see them. They then spend the next 24-ish hours in abject terror, Mm -hmm. trying desperately to escape. Certain the cats are trying to hunt them and eat them, not realising that they just want to play with them. And it's like an hour of nothing but slapstick hijinks where the mum and the kids hiding cupboards that the lions then tear apart with their claws and the And the lions teeth. are just like, peekaboo, and they're That's like, you're right. trying to murder me. Yes, oh. yes, yes. <laughs> they get chased, they get tackled while they're trying to escape, and the cats also just completely demolish the house. And why... That's funny. Why is it taking him 24 hours to get back from an airport it took him an hour to drive to? He gets his own chaotic journey that involves bikes being destroyed uh, and boats okay, sinking. Yes, and Because it fits with the story. Exactly. Sure, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the humans then end up exhausted after a day of fighting for their mm. lives. They fall asleep. Uh-huh. And then the next morning they wake up to find all the cats are just sleeping peacefully mm-hmm. alongside them. No one got eaten through the night. So they are just one big happy multi-species pride and Hank was right all along. And that's the whole movie. Yeah, he gets back from the airport just as they're waking up and they have this joyful reunion and this happy ending, ta-da, we can all live in peace and harmony. I feel like then there's like a post credit scene where a lioness gives birth to all these, like, Hank-faced babies, and then it's like, (laughs) wait. Because, I mean, that's the next step in this kind of experiment, isn't it? That's what you want to see. 
all one big happy family. So mm. that's it. That's that's the brilliant And I had film. to watch it twice oh, to I make wa- sense of this plot. I want to watch it. It is so messy. Along the way, <laughs> there are these bizarre subplots about this ignorant grant committee who can't tell that when a tiger slashes your face open, it's just trying to have fun with you. And there's also another subplot where there's this pair of evil poachers that are hunting the cats for their pelts and then they get killed and eaten by, like, this so movie's version of Scar from The Lion King. There's just a lot of convoluted yeah. and that and this and that and this and that. It's just a whole lot of excuses to film different scenes with different yes. big cats. And lots of scenes that show that Hank knows better than all the native Africans know. He understands big cats yes. better than any of them possibly of ever could. Of course he yeah. absolutely does, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So using that script, they went out and tried to recruit people to come and work on this film and surprisingly they were able to find crew willing to get dangerously close to all these untrained lions and tigers. I mean, it's. I guess it was the 70s because these days like the insurance, you, you couldn't, it just wouldn't, oh, you couldn't. That's why he could not afford to take on union yeah, workers. Yeah, I was going to say, none yep. of this is regulated or anything, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to be restricted by any of their pesky rules oh and he wanted to be able God. to set his own rates of pay because he'd run out of money. There's no HR department when you're dealing with right. real lions. Yeah. <laughs> the only position on the crew they couldn't fill was director, so... Noel could do the Adele interview. Yes, he's got to step in. Make his directorial debut. Uh, no experience in that, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they really struggled to find actors who were willing to take on the human roles in the film. Oh, I assume Tippy Hedron would be doing it because she's an actress. Yes, yes, yes. That was a default that Tippy would be cast. But for yeah. Hank, they really wanted Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. The park was written with him in mind. He this passed. Is, yeah, I'm like, you're going to end up, you're going to land with a, I don't know, like, who? Is it someone I even know? No. He's going to no. step in Oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't even. My, Noel can do the Adele interview. My assumption about his assumption that he can do the Adele interview did not even mm-hmm. go that far. Mm-hmm. Also, he's stepping in. Yes. So okay. he's now the producer, the writer, the director and the star of oh, this film as well as the goodness. owner and quote-unquote trainer of all mm-hmm. the animals mm-hmm. in the production. Uh, and they couldn't get anyone to play the kids, so they decided to cast Noel's two adult sons, John and Jerry Marshall, mm-hmm. and Melanie Griffith. 17-year-old Melanie Griffith. Wow. Yes, was going to be playing the role of Melanie. So she's 17 now. So this, like, she she's grown up yes. with these animals. Yeah, the last four or five years, yeah. And I can't believe nothing's gone wrong so far because, like, you said they... Oh, it had. It ha- yeah, because they started off getting the, you've got to raise them from babies Mm -hmm. so that they love you and then they'll be tame. But it sounds like after a while they Mm. were just taking whatever rescue animal they could get. Like they didn't take the elephants from when they were babies. So they've just left that theory on behind. Like they've just got some traumatised animals who could do some effed up stuff. I think when it comes to the cats, they were all taken in as infants, I believe. But maybe not. But like we said, they're still wild animals. Yes, there are. And when there's 130 of them, you can't have a close personal relationship with all of them. No, you can't, can you? Yeah. No. And yeah, incidents, accidents did happen before they started even shooting this film. Of course. Of course. Yeah. 
But Noel and Tippy spun it as a really sensible casting decision to put the kids in the movie because they, they had a relationship them. with the cats, mm. whereas strange actor, actors might take a while to be welcomed yeah. into the pride. Mm-hmm. So filming finally began in 1976. Oh, my God. They expected they'd finish shooting in under six months. Yeah. Five years later, no. they still weren't finished. Shut up! Uh-huh. That. Yeah. Okay, so Melanie Griffith has literally had wild lions living as her siblings Mm -hmm. from when she's 13 to 23 for a decade. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Um, The reason it took so long, why there were so many delays, largely because the animals, very difficult to direct, hard to get them. (laughs) To hit their marks. They rarely stay in frame just because you tell them to. Just don't know how to get in their light. How annoying. Really disobedient. They Um, can't take direction. Not well, no. You ask them to do a scene a different way and it's like they just haven't even understood. Can't find their motivation when they need to. Um, they tried these different techniques to move the cats around the scent, like they'd try luring them with live chickens or chasing them with fire extinguishers. But at the end of the day, the lions just did what they yeah. wanted. Uh-huh. And so at the end of most days of shooting, they only had, if they were lucky, a few minutes of usable footage. And I imagine chasing them with chickens and fire extinguishers is doing wonders for their nervous systems. Yeah. They're not on edge at all, yeah, are they? that didn't do any harm to them, I'm oh. sure. Yeah. Um, So they're getting a couple minutes a day. Yes. And that was on a good day. But a really, really good day were the days where they got a few minutes of footage and no one was hospitalised. Oh, my God. And those days were few and far between. Mm. So, okay, I want, I want, Yeah. I need an injury, I need an injury, uh, what do you call it? Body count. Yes. I need a body count. Yes. This is where we get to the thing that everyone talks about when they talk about raw Many, many, many injuries. It wasn't a matter of if they got hurt on the set of Raw. It was a matter of how frequently and how badly (gasps) they got hurt. Uh, Bites, scratches, infections, broken bones, it all began on day one of shooting. And the statistic you hear most commonly when you're reading about this movie is that more than 70 of the cast and crew were hurt badly enough to require a hospital visit. Yeah. Some of those 70 people had multiple Mm. hospital visits. But um, since the film was re-released in 2015, Noel's John's son has been saying, look, actually it was closer to 120. I bet. Of the 140 cast and crew who worked on this film had to go to hospital at least once. And that's just injuries on filming days. Because... Even if these animals aren't um, being hostile and going after you, even if they've been raised to be friendly, Mm. a lion doesn't know its own strength on a person. Like when a cat's playing with you and sort of like jokingly gently bites down on you a little, Mm. if a cat does that, it's it's going down to if a lion does that. I mean, it's going down to the bone. Yeah, yeah. that's like even if they don't mean to, it's that's dangerous. Right. They don't realize how fragile we are. Yeah, compared to them, and they've been raised to think that you know you, they can play with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. Um, so tell me details. Let's get details. Into gory details. Injury inventory. In order of celebrity, which means starting with Tippy. Oh, okay. Who had been hospitalized several times before they even started yeah, shooting? Yeah, in just in the family, like. When they had them. 
Um, one of her worst injuries, though, was when they were trying to film a sizzle reel to mm-hmm. help lure in investors. Mm. One of the lions, Cherries, mistake Tippy's, uh, mistook Tippy's head for a ball and bit down on it through her scalp. <gasps> the fangs scraped on her skull. She can still remember the sound and oh, the sensation, no. and that happened while the camera was rolling. Can you see it? No, 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 no. They haven't made that footage available. But yeah, she had to go to hospital, get a whole bunch of stitches. The doctor's recommendation was we need to shave your head and do proper reconstructive surgery. Otherwise, this is going to scar. She was like, don't have time for my hair to regrow. We've got a film to shoot. I don't care if I get a scar on my scalp at the back. She just laughed it off and got back to She's work. She's lost her mind. Oh, yeah. She's lost her mind in this. Mm-hmm. She's lost her way. And <gasps> it keeps happening. She kept getting scratches and bites very frequently on the set, just constantly on antibiotics because those animals' mouths are petri dishes. Yeah. You can get all sorts of diseases just from them. Tetanus shot every day yep. just for breakfast. Mm-hmm. I still can't get past, I'm sorry, that she heard the sound of the claws scaping, uh, scraping Fangs. Oh, the fangs, sorry, scraping Mm -hmm. on On her her scalp, on her skull, Mm. on her skull bone. Mm -hmm. She's lucky it didn't crush her skull though because those jaws are really, really powerful. But to the tiger, it was just playing. He was just just doing a gentle, uh, yeah. On set, the most memorable injury she copped wasn't a cat attack. It was inflicted by Tembo the elephant. (gasps) What? So there was this stunt in the movie where Tembo was meant to lift Tippy up with his trunk and then plonk her on Uh his back. Yeah. That went fine in rehearsals, Mm -hmm. but then on the day of shooting, Noel yelled action, and when Tembo yanked Tippy off the ground, he snapped her ankle. (gasps) Then, when she was on his back, he bucked her off. She landed really hard on her wrist and smashed that to bits. And her legs were all shredded up on the rocks she landed on. She went to hospital, pretty quickly developed sepsis and gangrene. So she had to be in intensive care for a few months. Oh, my God. But she bounced back and she returned to set immediately. And P.S., that footage of Tippy's incident with Tembo, that is in the oh, final edit it. of the film. You can see the moment that her ankle's being snapped and then her wrist is being demolished. Wild. I am so fascinated by the psychology behind how they've ended up here. Like it, mm. re- like we said before, it's like they're in a cult together. Mm. Yes. The fact that you would nearly die, be in intensive care, go into sepsis, and then you still just go back. Yeah. We've got to keep doing it. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't, actually. Mm. You don't have to keep doing it. Yeah. They believed they had this mission and they truly believed they were going to make a positive difference and that this was going to be a blockbuster. Yeah, like Oscar glory. Yeah. And a star maker mm. for all of them. Mm. And, yeah, they'd come this far. Why yeah. give up now? Now, it's one thing to have blatant disregard for your own safety and well-being, another to be reckless when it comes to the safety of your kids. Um, but Noel and Tippy really thought that our kids grew up with the big cats. Yeah. They're like siblings, more than six years together, the cats are just not going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. Melanie wasn't so sure, though. As mm. she was seeing all the injuries getting worse and worse on set, she decided she was going to leave the project before she ended up getting her face ripped off, mm-hmm. and she quit. How old is she? She's still 17, 18-ish. Noel convinced her to just try to squash her fears and come back to work. No. Tippy didn't intervene. She allowed it to happen. 
And shortly after Melanie got back to work, a lion did very nearly rip her face off (gasps) with its claws. Scratched her from the corner of her mouth all the way up to her forehead, just missed her eye. She very nearly lost that eye. She needed more than 50 stitches. (gasps) Then she had to have a few rounds of reconstructive surgery to try to make sure she didn't scar, which was very successful. Mm -hmm. Incredibly traumatic experience, of course. Yeah. And very much Noel's fault. It was Noel's and it was Tippy's, but it was mostly his because whenever Melanie felt unsafe, she had a a code word, a safe word Mm -hmm. that she could say that meant we need to cut and I need someone to come and assist me. Mm -hmm. She kept saying that safe Mm. word. Noel ignored her Mm. because he thought her authentic fear would look really great on camera and enhance the final product, which is so twisted. How also, like, grossly ironic that that's exactly what... Alfred Hitchcock did to Tippi Hedren mm-hmm. to get her authentic reaction. Mm-hmm. And Tippi Hedren spoke so often about how he traumatised her and mistreated her. Yep. And now she's with a man who is... she's Doing allowing to her and to her daughter. And to her daughter. And she's watching him do it to his own sons oh as well. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Um, and those sons did cop some really gnarly bites themselves yeah. as well um, that put them in the ER for weeks at a time. One time a lion bit down on John's head and held on for 25 minutes while (gasps) six men tried their best to get the lion off and save John's life, which they successfully did, but 25 minutes with your head in a lion's mouth. Oh, my God. He needed more than uh, 60 stitches in his scalp after that, and you can imagine what the infection was like. And then Jerry, the other son, he copped a really, really deep bite on his leg that meant he lost a lot of blood on the way to mm-hmm. hospital and then it got infected. He was in intensive care for weeks right there with Tippy. Mm. Um, Where then, are the adults? An adult needs to step in. Yes. What right? is happening here? And the thing is, everyone in the industry was aware of what was going on. Here. Yeah, like, I mean, I was going to say, isn't someone at the hospital going, should we call the authorities? Yeah. What's going on? Land of the free, <gasps> libertarian America, oh I guess. Oh, my God. And it's all in the name of art, so I guess some people were like, well, if there's going to be a movie at the end. <laughs> and no one's there, I mean, except for the kids, no one's there by um, fourth. Like they're all, That's right. They're, they're all choosing to be there. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot chose to leave as well. well so yeah. there was a lot of, um, yeah, movement yes. in the crew because people have come turnover. on board. Turnover. Yes, turnover, yeah. that's the word I'm looking for. Um yeah, the boys still kept coming back to work and they weren't just starring in the movie mm. as actors. They had to take on roles in the crew when they were vacant, like boom operator, oh cameraman, craft services, first aid officer. Um, because, yeah, the crew, they valued their own lives more than they valued this folly of a film. Um, and how is any... Surely they've run out of money by now. They're getting very close. Like the yeah. crew would be getting paid, but I, like because otherwise they would leave. That's the only reason they'd be staying. But I mm. mean, like they mu- they must just be at the bottom of the piggy bank. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, certainly going into a debt. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, and obviously heaps of crew were put out of action and chose not to return to work. Yeah. But surprisingly, a lot of them did. Now, one of the big mass uh, resignations that Mm -hmm. happened was famously about 20 crew members quit in unison on the spot after they saw the director of photography, Jan de Bont, get scalped, completely scalped by 
Cherries, the same lion who tried to bite Tippy's head off and scraped her skull. Mm-hmm. I, when you told me about Tippy, I said it sounds like he's trying to scalp her. Mm-hmm. And ah, uh... yep, came true. Came true. Uh, Jan was shooting a scene from under a tarp, and the lions ran past him, and he made a sudden move under the tarp that uh-huh. piqued Cherry's curiosity. She swiped her paw out and just yanked his scalp, peeling it from, from the, the back. back, the base of the scalp, all the way to the forehead. <gasps> so it was just this bloodied flap oh. of hair and skin dangling down over his face, like the goriest mask you could possibly imagine. <laughs> he couldn't see anything. He had no idea what was going on. John Marshall ran over, sort of, tried to reposition the scalp as best he could on Jan's skull. Flipped it back on. Yep. And then wrapped a towel around it, drove him up to the off to the hospital, dropped him off, and then immediately started ringing around to find a new director of photography because his primary concern was making sure they didn't lose too many days of shooting. But while he was in the process of trying to recruit a new director of photography, Jan came back to consciousness and announced, I will be back. What? As soon as they've stitched me up with 220 stitches, I will be back to complete this project. So he's in on the madness as well. Your scalp turned into a hat flap. A mask. Yes. And you got, they're all in a cult now. This is is a cult for Mm. all of them. It's a cult. How could you go back? I can't, Mm. I... Have I not just been frozen You're in right. position yeah. for <laughs> it's a minute? It is stunning, yes. But yeah, spot on. This cult mentality has taken over. And they're all in it together Absolutely. and they all want to... Egging it, each other on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going deeper and deeper with each other, yeah. Now, <laughs> the good news is... Hold on, I'm just... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just, like, I I, I was just frozen in, like, <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, oh, my God, okay, my nervous it's system. Whoa, okay. I guess I've had a bit of time to get used yeah. to this imagery. That I've is even a- seen the post-surgery images <sighs> of Jan and the back of his head and what was left of it, yeah. So I'm a little bit desensitized, I guess. Um, the good <laughs> news, the good news. Jan did survive the rest of the shoot mm-hmm. and then went on to direct Speed, Twister. I knew I recognized his name. He became a really big deal. So this was his start in Hollywood because one of the things that people did respect is the fact that some of the stuff he shot, very impressive. Was really good. His work was really good. Knowles. Not so good. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is what got him established. What a factoid! In the US. Yeah, wow. Whoa. Um, and then, of course, Noel. He shed a lot of blood, and you see a lot of his blood in this movie. Yeah. It made it to the final cut. He got bites on just about every part of his body because he tried to take on the role of the alpha in the pride of 130 big cats. So he was very physical with them, and mm. he was in the movie. You see him do stupid things like jumping in between four fighting male lions and trying to break them up by just yelling and slapping them. And it's no surprise when you then see one of the lions just chomp down on his slapping hand to stop him because they don't like him. Um, He got heaps of infections. He very nearly died of sepsis Mm. 
from gangrene as well. Nearly lost an arm, nearly lost both of his legs. It's bizarre to me that he didn't. Yeah, it's bizarre that nobody lost a limb. Yeah, I can't believe no one died. Yeah, I can't believe no yeah, one but died. There were no amputations and, yeah, no one was killed. Um, and, you know, he was so determined. He kept going back year after year to finish this passion project, pumping all of his own money into it. Um, and this was all... <laughs> while he was very well aware that they were not getting positive coverage in Mm -hmm. any of the industry trade papers. Mm. This production was spoken about as being cursed. Yeah. Some of the money Noel had made in his career, he'd made from producing The Exorcist. Mm. And people truly thought, oh, the next thing he goes on and does is this. And yep, The Exorcist curse strikes again. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a very big story in like the Hollywood reporter when the assistant director showed up to his first day of work and got bitten clean through his neck, <gasps> just missed the, the jugular, jugular by like a centimetre his first day and last day on set. Look, if anything, given the, the project and the animals they're working with, this actually might be one of the luckiest film sets of all time. Oh, to be honest, agreed. Because it sounds like there's just so Dangerous, many near misses. Reckless, <laughs> yeah. but the fact that yeah, everyone ended up walking away alive, unbelievable. Um, so a lot of the delays, obviously, in those five years were coming from the casualties, but it wasn't just injuries that were slowing things down, mm. and it also wasn't just humans mm. that were getting hurt along the way. As I foreshadowed, the ranch flooded Mm. a couple of times and that destroyed parts of the set and a whole lot of equipment that needed to be rebuilt and replaced. Mm -hmm. One of those floods was so big, so bad, more than three metres high, Mm. knocked down fences Mm. and that then allowed 15 of the big cats to go out and just start roaming around California. (laughs) Thankfully, some of those cats were found and returned Mm. safely to the ranch, but the others were shot by the police very, very sadly, including the lion that was meant to be like the star of the show, Robbie. Mm. He had to be replaced because he was one of the escapees that the police had to put down. Like when the baboons escaped in Newtown, remember that? (laughs) (laughs) They weren't killed though, were they? Mm, I think they were... I can't remember. Let's oh. say no. Let's, Let's say, say no. no. Yeah. Let's say no. And the lions got out of Taronga Zoo. And they yeah. just yeah. got and they... on the ship to Madagascar like the movie, <laughs> you know? Like, it's it's fine. Run free. Uh, and then also, as foreshadowed, wildfires did tear through the ranch, destroyed the set, thankfully didn't <sighs> injure or kill any of the animals but caused some big delays. And as predicted by animal experts, the cats did fight and injure each other Mm. a lot. The elephants didn't get along with each other all that well Mm. either. So that was pretty expensive, paying for those vet bills. Um, One year there was an outbreak of a feline virus that spread (gasps) super quickly through the cat population because they were all crammed in so closely and that killed a lot of the cats as well. So there were all these tragic events happening, lives being lost, lives being threatened and all while just hemorrhaging cash mm. as well on animal hospital bills and human hospital bills, outrageously expensive. Hemorrhaging cash and blood. Yeah. Literally is mm. what this movie is. Spot on. Um, yeah, initially they thought they'd be spending $3 million yeah. on the project max. Mm-hmm. As 1980 rolled around, 10 years later, they'd spent $17 million US dollars 
which in today's Australian money mm. is $93 million. Mm. All the investors <laughs> had dropped out yeah. along the way for obvious reasons and no one was keen to come on board. They didn't know how they were going to keep going, so they decided, look, we're just going to have to make do with the footage we yeah. have so far. We haven't really finished, but we'll just have to piece together a film with what we've got, which yeah. is why the plot is so messy and impossible to follow. Um, they then made the cute creative choice to credit some of, some of the animals as writers of the final oh, edit. Oh, so funny. They'd made their own unscripted choices. They contributed to the story. Um, and then finally, 1981, they were ready to release this family-friendly adventure comedy to the world. But, oopsie, no American distributor was willing to touch it. Mm. Raw was toxic. It was cursed. Mm. It exploited non-union workers, endangered all these people and these animals. No one wanted a bar of it. And also it's shit. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who watched even like, just a small part of it could see yeah. the story's dreadful. The dialogue's appalling. The acting is even worse. Oh, no. Even the sound quality and the overdubbing, it's so amateur. Yeah. It looks like a home movie. Because if it was a good movie, distributors wouldn't have cared about the dangers on set. They would have been like, we'll make money off this. Yeah. If a distributor thought they could make money off it, they would have bought it, yeah. but they, it's obviously very bad. Yeah. No one <laughs> was going to touch it, even though Jan de Bont did a very good job with the cinematography he was in charge mm. of. Uh, it's just scene after scene of people being mauled by animals and screaming and crying and bleeding real blood, but then it's set to this really goofy doom Like Homer Simpson blowing into the bottle. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, yeah. So it's like, this is slapstick <laughs> and it's funny. It's no. like, no, no, these people are being traumatised and I just saw him get slashed by a tiger and that's real blood. And we know it's real. Yeah. Dum, dee, dum, dee, dum. <laughs> dum, it's dee, so incongruous. There goes his scale. Yeah. Whoopsie. <laughs> 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 so the film ended up only being screened in a handful of countries, the UK, Germany, Australia, um, Japan, and mm -hmm. only for like a week. Mm. And then it just disappeared. Mm. 11 years of work, $17 million, all those injuries, and in the end, hardly anyone got to see it, and it didn't even make $2 million of that money back. The next year, Tippi and Noel were in divorce court. Ah, uh, yep. Very directly related to the disaster that was raw and the way that Noel conducted himself mm -hmm. on set mm -hmm. um, and treated his family. Tippy kept the ranch in the divorce and she transformed it into a sanctuary for big cats that she calls Shambhala, still operates it today. Yeah, can I ask, once filming was done, were they like, good luck to you all and just opened the gates? <laughs> or did she yeah. look after them? She looked after okay. them really, really, really well and continues to do that. They continue to take wow. in rescues. What she does is kind of like what Carol Baskin yeah, I was gonna say, she thinks Carol... she does. Yes, yeah. yes, okay. Um, yeah. Taking in these cats that um, have been mistreated mm. or abandoned and gives them a safe, happy home where they're well-fed, well-looked after. And until... can live their lives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. She's, I want to say 93 now mm -hmm. and still going. Yeah. Um, she's out there all the time raising money no to support this. she was still this. alive. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and doing really honourable work yeah. as an activist. She's fighting really, really hard to end the exploitation of 
big cats, exotic animals of all kinds. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's made some really good progress Mm. in California particularly. She fully acknowledges and has done in two books she's written that she and Noel were stupid, Mm. they were arrogant, and they should never have created such a dangerous environment for themselves and for others and for the cats as well. She's got a lot of regrets for what they did. Does she speculate at all into like what came over her? Like what, why, like what it was, like why she did it? <sighs> like was she like I lost my mind? Like was I drunk? Like you know, does she have she any? She says yes, we were both crazy, but he led, and he was the crazier one. And she has a history of um, being an abuse victim, and kind of, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So she kind of went with it and was mm. really just focused on the fact that because in the 1960s they were predicting. If we don't do something to stop animal poaching, these animals will be extinct before the year 2000. Mm -hmm. So they felt like there was this sense of urgency that they were like, we've got to put the word out there and encourage people Mm. to stop buying animal pelts and stop allowing the importation of ivory because that's the only way. If Mm. there's no demand, then people will stop supplying these things and they'll leave the animals alone. So that's what she cared about, I think. And he was like, well, this movie will help with that. And then it just all snowballed. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, she said, Noel, just insane. And when you watch the movie, mm. you can see it. The way yeah. he's acting, he is unhinged. Because he's not that he's good running actor. around with these cats. Yeah. So that's just yeah, him yeah, as a person. He's not playing unhinged. Yeah. He, he genuinely is. Um, Raw pretty much ended his career in entertainment. No. <laughs> <laughs> not lions, lions, more lions. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Are you telling me he didn't he wasn't hot property. The Godfather. Can you believe? <laughs> not a single Oscar, not mm. even a nomination. Uh, yeah, he tried working on one more project and that didn't go very well either. Right. So he was like, all right, I'm just going to get into hospital administration. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then he died in 2010. Okay. In that time, bootleg copies of Raw did make it out into uh-huh. the wild, but most people never got the chance to see it. It was just this thing of like myth and legend yeah. that people weren't certain if it existed, mm-hmm. but there were stills on the internet. Where could you find the actual film? Yeah. It wasn't until 2015 when Joel, uh, John Marshall, one of um, Noel's sons, yeah. Uh, managed to finally sell the film to a company that distributes hidden gem type Mm. undiscovered movies that it was then finally screened in America. I think that's around when I read about this story. It was Uh back when everyone was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And this new distributor went with the tagline, the most dangerous film ever made. And whereas the 1981 movie posters were cartoon images of tigers in a car. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The 2015 posters used real images of Noel's chewed up leg and Jan de Bont's reconstructed scalp and blood, blood, blood. That's how I'd sell it. Yeah. Yeah. They all featured the text, no animals were harmed in the making of this film, blatant lie. Yeah. Um, But a lot of people sure were. A lot of people were. Yeah. Um, it sold pretty well on DVD and Blu-ray yeah. as like a cult classic, so bad it's good, schlocky genre type film. Yeah. And it's now available to watch on YouTube. Is it? Yes. The whole thing? The whole thing, yes. Wow. And that's where obviously I saw it. I will post the link, but it might be taken down by the time you try to check it out because I'm sure it's it was the kind sort of thing if you Google it. Yeah, you it up, it up People... Mm. It'd be posted all the time. Yeah. What is? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What has Melanie Griffith said about it? Not much. 
doesn't talk about because yeah. I've heard, like I said, that that brief interview I read where Dakota Johnson mentioned my mum's mm. childhood was nuts. Um, but yeah, she has because she went on to have a successful acting career and mm. you know married Antonio Banderas and was a big person in Hollywood and working girl. Yeah, she was huge all of for that, a while. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Like so, it didn't. But she hasn't really talked about it. No. And, traumatizing. Yeah. I mean, Tippy will say a certain amount, mm. but like she's sort of backed away from it, the movie itself. Yeah. Like she's very much dedicated to the cats and Shambhala Preserve, but um, yeah, she wrote her book, said her piece about um, what had happened. Yeah. And then she's kind of moved on. Melanie just doesn't really want to revisit it. It was a very traumatic time. That's John but it was her whole spoken, childhood. Yeah. Yeah. John has sort of spoken on Melanie's behalf. Said what? Well, you know, he was the one, he was fully aware that his father was choosing to ignore when Melanie would use the safe word. Yeah. And, you know, John uh, John said, Noel yelled at everyone. He was really, really abusive mm. and aggressive mm. and not just on set at home mm. as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just one of those traumatic times in Melanie's life she doesn't want to revisit. But that's what's weird to me because to her it's not just like, a time in her life when she was working on a project, it was her. It was mm-hmm. essentially h- half her childhood. Yeah. This whole second half of her childhood yeah. was this experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoa. Dakota Johnson talks about it, but yeah, in just like, a quirky. Yeah. yeah, my grandmother lives with all these big cats. <laughs> and like my mum grew up with lions in her bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of it's interview just a I've read. Cute Hollywood anecdote, yeah. just glossing over it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, if you do watch this movie, it is 90 minutes of utter chaos. Oh, long. It's such a confused kerfuffle. You will see real violence and real injuries, lots of blood and genuine fear on the actors' faces. Yeah. You'll probably, if you're like me, just feel so terrible for the animals the whole mm. way through because this is such an unnatural mm. environment, such unnatural living conditions them like mm. and the fact that it starts with a claim that the humane society has decreed that no animals were harmed all right it's lies yeah <laughs> then it ends with this sort of to-do list that the viewer can um, adopt to help end animal oh, exploitation because that's right this is about saving it's a the animals cry. <laughs> I forgot yeah yeah <laughs> Stop buying ivory, stop buying mm-hmm. furs. In fact, go and organize protests outside fur shops. Okay. Start petitions, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. Probably no one's watching all the mm-hmm. way through to yeah, the end to yeah. see those things. Um, and that, I guess. Is like, don't make a lion movie on the list <laughs> because I feel like that should be one of the to dos. The good news is, after this debacle, rules were introduced Ah, about animals mm, and how mm -hmm. they could and could not be treated on set. Um, The irony of making a movie about animals in order to protect and save them and you are so bad at it that they need to invent rules... To protect them from you. To protect and save them. Mm. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, it's obviously a lot more restrictive Mm. today and a lot of those rules were introduced in the 80s as a direct result of what happened on Raw to make sure it could never happen again. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of where my notes end and I think that's pretty much all there is to say about Raw. Oh. Raw. I don't know if you could hear that. High level (laughs) operation. Um, (laughs) Roaring motorbike in the background. There is a very long scene of a guy riding around on a motorbike being chased 
by lions around the house. Of course. Of course. So that's just the gist. That of is just the gist raw. of Raw. I watched it so you don't have to. Oh, well, I'm, I don't know if I want to watch it, but I do because this is just, I, I always ask you for all this kind of detail. I just want to go Google all the pictures of the injuries mm. and that kind of thing. Mm. That's what I want to see. Well, I'll put together a, a set of links. Yes, please. For anyone who's wired like you and just want to see, yeah, is, the gory are, bits. Are there any like documentaries about this? Like, is there any content you can consume that like, you know, we give you just the gist, but like mm. where they talk about what happened? Like it, if I can't be bothered watching the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's like a couple of like 20 minute, 30 minute mm. making of um, summaries because they did actually produce a, the making of Raw documentary that they were selling on the Raw oh, film website it. for a while. Oh, wow. But they were only ever selling that on DVD and I could not find a digitized version of okay. the full thing. Yeah. But I found some YouTube clips where they've used some snippets from the documentary where they interview some of the actors. One of the most famous interviews is with one of the native Africans mm. who's in the um, movie, mm. a guy called Mativo. P.S. Almost everyone in the cast played a character that was given their same name mm -hmm. so that if they had to like yell out to each other for safety, yeah, like Melanie was Melanie, John was John, mm. and Mativo was Mativo. Mativo grew up in Kenya and he's like, you got to understand we don't live with these lions, mm. we don't sleep with them, we don't cuddle with them for a very good reason. Mm -hmm. And when we're finished shooting for the day, I get out of here as quickly as I can. I can't mm. believe these people hang out with these mm. creatures and have them in their homes. These crazy fucking white yes, people. Yes, <laughs> Yeah, is what he's saying. Exactly yeah. on board with us. <laughs> these white saviors yeah. trying to white-splain to me about animals that have been part of my culture for thousands and yeah. thousands of years. And we know to stay away from them. Yeah, yeah the arrogance is just outrageous. <sighs> so, yeah, there are some good clips of that and okay, then some cool. yeah, really good photo albums and articles that I'll link to in the show notes. I can't believe they were making a making of along, like they thought it was their apocalypse now. Like Truly. they really thought people are going to want us to document how we made this masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like they turned part of California into Africa for all intents and purposes. And the house they built was really, really well, impressive. I mean, it sounds like that, you know, the cinematography, yeah. the set, whatever, that stuff's all good Certain because aspects uh, of the production, Noel terrific. wasn't yeah, the bits he in didn't charge touch. of those bits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bits he hired experts for. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so now if we go to Africa, who knows what we'll be inspired to do <laughs> yeah, while we're so over there. Depending on the start of this episode, we either made it back or didn't. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> well, if you're hearing this, we made it back alive and we had a wonderful time and we've got this amazing idea for a movie. I need to lie down because I my whole body was tense and I've been on the edge of my seat for like that whole I haven't relaxed. Oh yeah. That was just No oof. that feeling. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Too much talk of scalpings. Mm, You're yeah. not gonna have a restful night's sleep tonight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, doll. All right. Till next time. Bye. 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 